You're listening to a DM podcast. Hello, welcome back. Beyond the likes, I am still in Bali. I am surviving and I want to give you guys a full recap what this trip has been like because it's been sensational. Obviously, there's been highs and lows and I will get back and I will give you a proper recap of it once it's done and once we survive the red eye flight home. Uh, pray for me. But in honour of Mother's Day this week, I am going to play an old podcast that I have done with Mustang. You all know that um, obviously my mum is dead set my best friend. She's so much more than a mum. She has been my best friend pretty much since we were about 16. And she's moved away, which you may or may not know. I, I do talk about it frequently. I am a big baby. I'm a large 37-year-old baby. And I, I've i always had her close by, apart from when I lived overseas myself. But, you know, when, you were tw- when I was 21, 22, I felt like I didn't need parents and I was fiercely independent and all of that jazz. And then I had kids and I realize how much you do as a mother and how much sacrificing you put yourself through and I guess what it just means to be a mum. And I, I remember just being like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry, mum, because teenage Amy was an, a real dickhead. Like she was an asshole, And I just, I hate that I put her through that, especially now knowing how much, you know, blood, sweat and tears goes into being a mother. So our bond has just grown so much stronger and we're so tight, thick as thieves. And she's obviously moved away. And I mean, I actually feel like she's more fine than I am. <laughs> she's probably like, it's time to cut, cut the wings, babe. It's time to cut the umbilical cord. And I've held on for dear life. But I did get her on the podcast last year, back in Feb 2022. She was very, very nervous. You'll be able to hear it in her voice. But if you haven't listened to her, to it, you it gives you a little bit of an idea of who she is as a parent and who she is as a person. And she's very soft and so patient. God, I wish I was had her patience. And she was just a fantastic mum. And she's one of those, you know, those earth mothers that would like stay at home with her kids and look after them and raise them till they were bloody seven years old, given the opportunity. You know, she was born in a, she was from an English background. So she's very old school, quite traditional and all of that jazz. But I thought it would be nice to replay her episode in honour of Mother's Day. And hopefully when I get back, oh, unbeknownst to me, well, um, I didn't, I did know this was coming, but I didn't realise it was coming so quickly. I get back from Bali and then I've got a speaking thing up in Brisbane. And then the two of them, Mustang and Big B, are pissing off again for four months over in Europe. I, I mean, the audacity of them. This is coming from a place of pure jealousy. They're retired. Obviously, my mum's family live over in England and Paris. And so they are trying to dodge winter every year. I mean, can you imagine that life? Just pissing off to Europe every year, three, four months, avoiding the cold here and just living it up in Europe over there in their summer. I mean, it must be nice for some, but hopefully, I mean, I actually don't think I'm going to be able to, but I will try to get her on the podcast. Um, you know, she can obviously talk about how she's missing me desperately now that she lives two and a half hours away and crying herself to sleep and all that jazz, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Um, but we'll, I'll try and get her on. If not, maybe when she gets back from Europe from, you know, just living her best life. But without further ado, here is my mum's podcast. I hope you all have a fantastic Mother's Day. For the mums out there, I hope you are spoiled rotten by your children. For the hopeful mums out there, I hope that you know, I know that this day is going to be a really hard one for you. I really, really tried to make an effort every single Mother's Day for Bezel because I wanted this to be the most special day for her, you know, end goal. And it is now, but for six years, it was probably the hardest one for her to, you know, go through. So um, I'm sending love to those mums and those women out there who have lost their mum. I hope you all have a wonderful day in whatever way, shape or form that looks. And um, here is a little bit of the Mustang and I and have a fantastic week. Love you all. Bye. Welcome to Beyond the Likes. I am back in the studio with one of my most favourite people in the world. She's my best friend and she's my confidant. She's the shoulder that I lean on quite a lot. And she's my mum. And she's affectionately known as Mustang, but her real name is actually Sally. You can say hello. Hello. It's Sally Ann. Oh, sorry. It's it's Sally Ann. She's very nervous. You've got to lean towards the microphone. Okay. It's just like me and you just having a little chit-chat, okay? With earphones on and a microphone right in my face. With earphones on and a big phallic object right in front of your mouth. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. So I don't know if you can hear, but my mum is English. I actually don't pick up on your accent at all, but everybody that doesn't know you and then hears from you can pick it up. That's because you hear me so often. That's very true. So I think the reason I wanted to get you onto the potty, well, not only did I put out a big questionnaire box asking who everybody wanted to hear from and you were highly requested but also I feel like you are much more of a behind the scenes type person very much very much I mean Big B gets a huge run because he's sleeping yes he's permanently (laughs) asleep so he's very easy to film Ben and Tom are obviously there because we see them a fair bit but I don't I don't feel like you feature that much because you're usually the one playing with the kids or doing the washing or cleaning or making food and she never stops. Keeping people engaged so that they don't interrupt you. Yeah, well, I'm very grateful. <laughs> so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about how you became an Australian resident? All right. Well, I came out here for a year's working holiday back in 81 uh, and I met your dad. Was it love at first sight? No. No? <laughs> well, actually, I did find him attractive, but I was... Um, interested in some other people at the party at the time. Leia, do you know that, I don't know if you've listened to Dad's podcast, but he said what kind of sold it in for him was the fact that you could unzip him out of his sleeping bag. (laughs) Well, that was the next morning after the party. He couldn't get out of his sleeping bag because it was all zipped. So I was, you You, know. You you turned up. I turned up and I unzipped. But actually what a because I was staying with some very nice well-to-do and well-to-do family who mm-hmm. were very posh and it was very dad's posh. first 
words when it's oh no worries and um bit of a bogan well no no not a bit bogan a it was bogan? just australian it was more australian language that i hadn't heard and i thought wow he's real australian <laughs> whereas you know the others i'm sure were australian as well but but they were a bit posh as well they posh were australian spoke like english people yeah <laughs> are you a bit fancy <laughs> no you i were, should be <laughs> yeah and so you met him at the party and then you oh, unzipped wow. his sleeping bag and the rest was history? Well, then, no, I was taken off to the zoo by somebody else. And another gentleman. Another gentleman. Oh, had wow. a lovely day at the zoo, but I couldn't wait to get back to see Dad again. So, oh, so or that... to meet him again. So then, And then he left me, um, and I remember it because it was a black and white party and he had these great big high heel shoes. He did? He did, but he they were funny because they were black with a white heel, so that's why he okay, wore yeah, them. Okay, yeah, sure. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, dear, he must be really short. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're quite tall. How are you? Five ten? Yes. Yeah. Five ten and a half. I was, but I think I've probably shrunk a you bit. You start shrinking at about sixty, don't you? Start <laughs> going backwards. Yeah. Um, and then he asked me out the next weekend, and basically the rest is sort of history. Really? Hmm. Did he propose pretty quickly? Uh, he had to get rid of another girlfriend firstly, um, but then he proposed to me, her. and uh, probably. I think, well, I got there in the January. He proposed to me around about September, October. And then we got married the next year. April, yeah. But you went back over to the UK. I had to return because my visa ran out and he followed me over. And were you always, that you didn't have a plan to kind of no. hook, line and sink an Aussie boy so not that you could get an Australian residency? No, not at all. Was, I was expecting to work, work my way around Australia or travel around Australia. I didn't get very far. Um, <laughs> and then work my way back across continents to England. But that didn't happen. Well, I mean, I'm very grateful that you did meet Big B because I obviously wouldn't be here otherwise. We should give everyone an understanding of the name. So Posse is my grandma, which is... Part Pom, part Aussie. Yeah, so part Pom, part Aussie is what we used to call my mum's mum. It's a nickname. And now my mum, ha- since I've had kids, has asked to be called Posse. So everyone's very confused. And now there's Big Posse and Posse. <laughs> so was Big Posse a bit upset when you said that you were going to move and live in Australia? Um, I think they were a bit worried about who Brad was at the first to start with and whether, you know, he was what I... Worthy of your hand? Exactly. Of course. Um, did they like him? They did. Did they? Yes, they did. Grandpa was a bit, uh, my dad was a bit hesitant to start with, but I think he came to really like Brad. He actually thought he was a very good mate for me. Mate. Mating mate. partner. Mating partner. And did he get along with Uncle Chris? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, fine. I yeah. can imagine those two getting along very well. Yes. Um, so you got married in the UK and then you came back here and then how soon after did you have me, the love of your life? Well, we were married in 82. I had you in 86. So well, so you had a good couple of years of enjoying being we married did. and that's exactly what Ryan and I missed out on. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's. I feel like Ryan and I absolutely missed the honeymoon period. Like I reckon I'm still getting to know the bloke properly now. Probably. It was, we were, <laughs> we were thrown into the blender and turned on real quick. It's a miracle that we've survived, really. Oh, I think you, you're well suited. I think we're well suited as well. Takes a very specific type of man to be able to handle me. Exactly. And to handle him as well. Hmm. Oh, please. Were you siding with Ryan? <laughs> you and the boys. <laughs> okay, so you had, and then you had me, and then you had 
a miscarriage. Ben. Then I miscarriage. That's and right. then you had Ben, and then you had Tom. Like what? Sixteen months later. Like if I hadn't had the miscarriage, you'd have been all sixteen months apart. But that's yeah, what that's... I've always wanted. Or you just wanted clothes. to pump them all out really quickly. I did. Why? Because I think that when you grow up, I was quite young. Remember when I first started having children? I was what, how old? Twenty-seven. When I it's had not you. that young. Well, no, it's not that young, but I'd had all three before I was 30. I feel like some people were having kids at like 22. Yeah, my mum was one of those. But I think I grew up with you as well. Does that make sense? I sort of grew up with the children. I grew as a mother. Yeah, well, and I feel like because you didn't really have anyone else, you didn't have your mum and dad? No, they lived in England. And Brad's, oh, dad's? Parents, where did they live? They lived two and a half hours, or at that time it was about three and a half hours down the coast. So, and then I know for a fact that Dad, I don't care what he says, but I know he made himself scarce a lot of the time because he loves children in very small doses. <laughs> no, he, and he also was the major income earner and the only income earner at that stage. Yes. So he was away a lot and he was out there trying to make money and pay off the mortgage and everything else so you know take my hat off to him i can already tell what this podcast is going to be about <laughs> my mum is the most gentlest person somewhat submissive and we'll just sing big b's praises till the cows come home well he's my husband i know i know and it's very important to have your husband's back yes but he didn't help you that much right he wasn't around necessarily when i needed him but <laughs> he was he was there in the background and he was there in a financial way exactly he was at, he was there supporting you financially so that you could stay at home and raise us exactly and if it wasn't for him i wouldn't had the time with you all. With, yes. And you had how many years off work? Like eight? I left when I had you and I didn't go back until Tom went to school. So maybe about eight, nine years. Yep. Is that what you wanted? Yes. And it's funny because growing up in that environment and having a mum who was just always there. Well, I think the I- reason you have kids is because you like to have children. And why have children and then go... Straight back to work and leave them at daycare. Well, that's very controversial, Mum. I know it is. It's very controversial. (laughs) You might have to cut that bit. I think this day and age, a lot of people financially, they can't can't afford afford it. it. Yeah. You think about it. Like your house back in whenever I was born was probably 170K. House prices these days, you wouldn't even get a bike stand for that now. I get get where that's coming, but you're more or less a stay-at-home mum now. I I was a stay-at-home mum, and I think that stems from... My, I think it stems from my upbringing with you. But also, I love kids. I loved kids. I, I mean, I still do love kids, toddlers. Mm. Um, but I love babies. I love rearing babies. I, you know, I hated being pregnant, but I didn't. I don't mind giving birth. And I love newborns. And I love. But uh, if you love children and you want to have children, then I think you should be there for them. Yeah, but I, I, I truly think that a lot of people these days financially they just can't afford it and i think that's the most heartbreaking thing i think i've got friends who have have been forced to go back to work purely to survive financially and it breaks their heart yes and i get that i get that because i think but i because we had time before we had you we paid off our mortgage we just put everything towards our mortgage both of us and you're very frugal but also Again, it's it's so different in our day and age. Like house prices are so inflated and salaries have gone up by like 3%. Yes. So there's a huge difference. Like we have mortgages now for 25, 30 years. 
you were able to pay off a house in four or five years. Yes, although we took our mortgage out for 25 years, but we just put everything that we could possibly yeah. put. And we were frugal, I must admit. We didn't eat very well. We only ate mints and sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Big V wouldn't let you buy any of the Wagyu steaks. Oh, that wasn't around in those days. <laughs> um, I think because you were like that with me and we were – we always had you around and you raised us and you were, you know, quite hands-on with us. I always knew that that's what I wanted for my children. And I am I would say that I'm actually probably – being a stay-at-home mum is somewhat in the minority. It's not very common these days for women to take three, four years off and stay at home and raise their children. It's not common at all. I think I, I'm completely, like – pulling this figure out of my head at the moment. But I would say that most people, they take six to 12 months um, maternity leave and then they go back to work. Mm. That's because that's purely because Sydney at the, is just so incredibly expensive. Even if you're not eating Wagyu steak, it's just to pay rent, electricity, water, to run a car, petrol, everything is so expensive these days. And I think that you'd find that there's a lot of mums who – don't want to send their kids to daycare, but they've got no choice. Some, like I know a girl who is pregnant and she is going to give birth and she's like, I can only take off six months because I'm actually the breadwinner. Yes. And, she, and she's devastated at it, but she also wants to be a mum. Yes. It's I, sad. I, I know. It's sad. If anything, I think it's a privilege to be able to stay at home and raise Nowadays children. it is. Nowadays, oh, yeah. yes. Absolutely. I agree. And I think – I mean, a lot of people are career women now, whereas in my day and age, the man was the breadwinning and that was that, whereas nowadays it's complete. Let's preface this. Mum is from an English, quite old-fashioned background where the man is very much the breadwinner and the woman cooks and cleans. Not submissive. She, I would say, I would actually say that you rule the roost, but you sit, you take a very back seat, and you play it very smart, and you turn dad's head, but you let him think that he turns it himself. (laughs) But you are a bit more old fashioned. You're a bit old school. I am old school, and it's the exact reason why I'm the opposite of that. (laughs) Your relationship, your marriage, has lasted how many years now? Be forty years this year. Forty years of marriage, because the roles that you play in it work well for you, right? But I couldn't play that role and Ryan wouldn't want to play the financially controlling role either. We have a little bit more equality, not saying that there's not equality in your marriage, but you've both played a role in your marriage that has kept things seamless and it's kept it going and whatnot, but it's it's quite different to how a marriage with Ryan and I look. And even Tom and Jossie and Ben and Jen, I think we're all a bit more new age marriages where, you know, the woman works just as hard and has just as big of a career and the load with child responsibilities is a shared thing. Yeah, and also I think all the kids, all the boys Mm. cook. Oh, yeah. I would say Dad never cooked, yeah. Well, he did, but it was the the barbecue Barbecue. only and that was when – but once I went back to work and he he retired, then I let him take over the cooking. Yeah, well – He's probably a better cook than I am, but you all survived, so that's all right. (laughs) You weren't a bad cook. Um, I just used to throw all the Brussels sprouts under the table, (laughs) which it's funny because I love Brussels sprouts now. There you go. Well, that is a – yeah, it's funny because – Ben and Tom both love cooking. Yes. 
and yet I and don't. doesn't get it doesn't get it from me. <laughs> they must get it from Dad, <laughs> and I don't have. know where I. I cook for the kids, obviously, and I'll cook them nice, healthy meals. Sometimes we have nuggets as well. I think Ryan and is quite similar to Big B, and also the boys, and they love food, and so they really enjoy cooking. Whereas you and I just eat to survive, survive. really. Yeah. <laughs> What would be the best bit of advice that you would give somebody who's going to have three children? Because you didn't even want – you wanted more than three, didn't you? I wanted four. And Dad just cut you off? Yes. Why? Mostly because you can only fit three in the back seat of a car. Yeah, this is Ryan's thing as well. <laughs> and then you have to go up to Florago or a bigger mm-hmm. car with five seats or six seats rather. Um, so that's one. Um, and the other thing is I just didn't have any help, so – but you would have still gone a fourth? I would definitely have gone a fourth. I think if my parents had lived over here as well um, and maybe Nan and Pop had been up a bit more, yeah. then I would have and more support from those, then yeah. maybe I would have gone a fourth. Because I remember even when I was having my third and they asked me what the ages of my other two were, they were like, oh, do you have, you know, family close by and have you got support because it's going to be difficult? Like it's, And it was. Obviously, that's why I got the mother's helper in. But I think going for a fourth with no help. Having said that, I think if you have three, three's the hardest, yeah. I think. And if you have four, by the time your fourth one comes along, your first one's going to be much yes. more of a help. And they say that once you've had three, you can have four, you can have five, six, seven, eight, and it won't make any difference. I, I do feel like that's probably true to some extent because the minute you have three you're instantly outnumbered so then anything after that you're constantly outnumbered correct whereas two you're at like a safe point you got one for each hand one for each like tuck them in both armpits i actually feel like if i was to have a fourth which i'm not charlie charlie no i can't charlie would basically be able to raise it and she would be so she is so helpful for me it would have to be a girl though I feel like even oh, – could you imagine? I really hope Jossie has a girl. So do I. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter if it's a boy either. So tell me your honest thoughts. You don't need to sugarcoat this. When I rang you and told you that I was pregnant after seeing Ryan for only six months. I knew. When you first said on the phone, you said, guess what, Mum? I knew Did that I? you were pregnant. Because <laughs> I just thought – it was about time. I knew you always wanted one before you were 30. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought Ryan sounded like he was a really nice guy for a change. Uh, <laughs> not that you didn't have some nice ones. Yeah. But you went through quite a few. Yeah. Grossy oh, ones wow. too. <laughs> yep. But yes, now I thought Ryan obviously has won her over. Well, listen, it wasn't planned. No. Um, it took, I think you were the most excited out of Ryan and I. You were very excited. I remember calling Posy and I, I, she didn't say anything, but I could hear the disappointment in her voice because I was having a child out of wedlock. That's the only reason, because she's old-fashioned. And she's quite religious. Yes. Uh, but that didn't bother you, did it? No. No. And I feel like we ended up getting married anyway. And then exactly. I had another kid and then another kid and then another <laughs> kid. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I felt like I had your blessing regardless. I think maybe you because you wanted to be a grandma more than I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that because having a home now with no children in it feels empty? A, a yes. little bit empty. Although now Big Posy is well living now, there yeah, too. your mum's living there, and now you've basically got two children at home: <laughs> Big Posy and Dad, who fight for your attention constantly. But is that a weird it moment is. going from having a full house, whether it is screaming and yelling, to nothing? 
it was it was a big step and then we've you know thinking we're even now thinking God, the house is too big for us but um i mean i will buy it <laughs> yeah, i will buy that house off you have to fight it with tom i no no i <laughs> tom does not need a new house i am fully we don't even have a bedroom for kobe and i'm the only daughter as well yes i know so but um, then would you be able to keep it in the way that we like it kept are you kidding i would keep it better Oh, you reckon? Oh, I easily. I would renovate. I would. I would pull down all those curtains. <laughs> I would make it look beautiful. I'm sure you would. But then, would your children treat it well? Yeah, but and you know what? If you were to sell it to me in about a year's time, they'll be a bit older as well. Charlie will be seven. Bobby will be five. Kobe will be three and a half. They won't be peeing everywhere. They won't be peeing on drawing the all over the no walls and yeah. Okay. Yeah, my house now, it's copped a beating. Might be a I, bit longer than a year, but we'll see. Okay. Well, don't just don't wait too long because we're going to have to move soon. <laughs> <laughs> and my offer will leave the table, okay? <laughs> the biggest thing that I always get asked about us and about our relationship is how close we are. So, obviously, I you've referred to you as my best friend and I feel like aside from the fact when – I first lost my virginity and you read my MSN chat without telling me. I feel like I come to you with most things and I tell you. Yes, I think I know oh. almost everything about you. Yes. I, I must say I didn't listen to your second podcast because I didn't really need to know all of that about you. You don't need but to I listen to it. But I know most of it. But I know most of it anyway. You know that <laughs> I'm a pretty open book and. Very open yep. book. <laughs> but what do you think what do you think you did or how do you think we came about being such good friends? Great. I mean, obviously when you're kids, you're kids. But I think when you start being a sort of 12, 13-year-old and you're asking more questions and and getting a bit closer that way, I'd, I wanted to keep um, my arms open, if you like, for whenever you needed support or you wanted to know something about growing sex, up or periods well, all that kind of jazz not so much sex but yes oh. periods and, and you know what you should do and how you should feel and things like that I think I was there for you for that I hope. yes well I always I do always remember it and then I I feel like there was a transition period I don't know what age it was maybe when I was being a really naughty teenager and put you guys through the ringer but I feel like Dad was always very much the authoritative figure and the disciplinary and the scary one. And you became a little bit more understanding and you became more of a friend and you just approached things very differently with me. Um, yes, I don't go about screaming and shouting and carrying on and locking you in your room and yeah. sending you to your bedroom and things like that. But I do... I, I must say the one thing I didn't like was when you were um, when you lied, when mm. you told stories. Um, mm. That's the bit that hurt me the most. Yes. Well, I feel like I did that, not condoning it, but I did that a fair bit because Dad was so strict. Possibly. And then there was the occasional lie here or there where I tried to get out of working at my shift at Woolies and told yes, everyone that, was... that you were in hospital. <laughs> And then when I come up and see you to ask you something and they say, oh, I'm so sorry, Amy's <laughs> gone home because her mum's really sick. Okay. 
okay. Oh, yeah. poor thing. Poor darling. I don't even know where I was that day. I but know exactly where you were. You were around the corner at girlfriend's house. Oh, was I? Such a naughty thing. You know what? I feel like, tell me you were the perfect teenager. Well, don't. I was not a perfect teenager. I don't remember my teenage years. I'm getting dementia, I think. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, I don't remember being as naughty as you were. I f- yeah, but you I also... I never wagged school or... I don't feel like I... Jin- like, I feel like I wagged school There was once. one time when the police rang Brad, <laughs> <laughs> told <laughs> him to come and pick you up for shoplifting at Bankstown Square. Yeah, stolen eyeliner. Yeah. Everyone's gone through that stage, right? Maybe not. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Well, listen, it was a big wake-up call for me. Um, <clears throat> I've never stolen an eyeliner again. <laughs> it was from Target as well, and I was so mortified. Taught you a lesson, I think. It absolutely did taught me a lesson. And but I you remember- were wagging school as well. Which- yes, I remember. It was a double double whammy. And mm. I remember you guys not even yelling at me. You, I remember you sitting out the back and you just wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> and that was worse. I was like, just be angry. And it was the whole like... We're not angry. We're just we're just so so disappointed, and that that hurts more. That's, that's, I'll be banking that for later on. Hopefully, like play into the heartstrings of my children. Hopefully, I, Charlie won't do that. I feel like Charlie will be good. I'm hoping. I don't, I don't no. know. I think I might just be saying "told told you so." Or <laughs> that's what you did. Is the teenage years the harder years? Yes, the hardest. <laughs> The hardest. What about with the boys? Were they hard then? Not so bad. Um, mind you, I only found out recently that the poor old Tom had been bullied at school and I wished then that I'd known. What do you mean you only found that out recently? Who told you that? Tom. When? Or you, I think. It might have been on a podcast. I can't remember. But I was thinking I didn't really know he was that badly bullied. I thought he was, you know... Teased a bit, but I never thought he was really badly bullied. I didn't know he was badly bullied either. Mm, apparently so. Who told you that? Must have been Tom. Tom or Ben. Why not? About what? His weight when he was younger? Oh, I, don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. But um, I know that now, in fact, talking to the mothers or a mother of another child, they all knew about it, but I didn't. And that's, oh, that's sad. That's sad that Tom didn't come to you. No. But also... Or if he did, I didn't notice it, and that would be even worse. But also, Tom, not 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 saying anything about the bullying because that's really sad. But Tom also used to dish it out. Well, I think that's the way they have to to um, respond, right? It's this in a horrible, way, yes. yeah. But also, I think that, like, I remember Ben and Tom giving me shit. Remember when I had freckles? Oh my gosh. I'll never forget it. I remember I went in, I went to my year 10 formal and I was, I'd come home and I'd put on like a little white dress and I remember walking, I was out on the street and I was talking to all these boys and we were sitting out underneath like in the dark and we were chatting away and blah, blah, blah. And, and we walked inside the house to get a drink and the guy goes, oh my God, bro, look at her. She's covered in freckles. And I, 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 it's such a profound memory in my. Who said that? Not I don't know. Some dude from a different school. Like you know how all the schools oh. had come by. I know. And now, like thirty-five-year-old Amy, that wouldn't. I that would ricochet off me. I couldn't give two shits. But when you're so, like, yeah, all, I remember like, a boy telling me I had a hairy kneecaps, and that <laughs> was that was the worst thing ever. But exactly. When you're sixteen, I know, and you're so 
insecure, like all your hormones are raging and you've got all these insecurities, which by default are nothing. But like at that age, everything, like you go through breakups at freckles. 16. I know you love freckles <laughs> and I love them too, but I didn't back then. Remember I used to wear like foundation all over my yes. body after that? Yes. You remember that stage well? Yes, I remember that well. Everything look- was dark brown because <laughs> you used to use this spray tan. <laughs> Everything was dark brown. It used to look like I'd pooed the bed most times. I bought you dark brown sheets because of it. <laughs> Thank God I got over that phase. I think that's a little insight into you. You're very kind and nurturing and you just would have had a bazillion children given the opportunity you're a fantastic grandmother, Posy. Although you are getting a little bit old, and I do think that they wear you down. Oh uh, no, I love playing with them. It's just I can't get down into the hidey holes as well as I used to be able to. She's the grandma. If she babysits your kids, well, she won't babysit your kids. But she, when she babysits mine, she she um Play hide and she seek. plays a lot. She's very attentive. Um, you're exactly how I remember you. Very different to me. I feel like this day and age, you know, mums, modern modern day mums, they're trying to do it all. They're trying to have children and work and... You don't have time to play. I do play sometimes, um, but no, I don't have time to play all day, every day. That's what grandmas are for. That's what... Well, you are welcome to take them more often. (laughs) I'm work. I'm at work. You do work. What are you going to do for your 40th wedding anniversary? I booked a a weekend or not a week, a few days up in the Hunter Wine Valley. And, of course, that got cancelled because of COVID, so we might just take that back. Wait, why has it been cancelled? It was cancelled back in COVID days because of COVID. Oh, so you might go and use that. We might just use that, yeah. That'll be a bit romantic. No, well, hopefully. Okay. All right. Well, we will wrap this up. It's been very nice having you on the podcast. And you know what? You haven't sworn once. (gasps) And it's so nice. Uh, uh, Mustang is not a fan of swearing. I don't think you need it at all. And all your podcasts, I think... Apart from the swear words, they're great. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, it's how I express myself. Sometimes I get really excited and I just have to throw one in there. Yeah, I but know. you don't need it. I know, I know. <laughs> I want to tell you I won't use one again, but I probably will. <laughs> try not. I'll try not to. But Try I'm, and use another descriptive word. Okay, and I've been really good today, haven't I? You have, excellent. All right, well, Lisa sets goals for me every time she comes on, so my new goal from you can be to try and limit the swearing. To be more ladylike. That's right. Like Cut a, it out. <laughs> like a posh English woman. That's right. Because I'm half English. Exactly. From Brighton. <laughs> England, yes? yes. From Brighton, England. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You're was welcome. That, was it that, wasn't too bad. Was that I think, I think I've screwed up all this while, but that's fine. You're okay. <laughs> it's going to be weird listening to it back because it, it always is. <laughs> it always is when you listen to your own voice back. But I will let you know when I get the edit. So I um, And then you have to let me know how other people thought I was. <laughs> what other people think. Well, you did throw like the working mums under the bus there. I know. So sorry, I think, working mums. Yes. <laughs> I do take my hat off to you. That's right. We do take our hat off to you. I will chat to you again next week. Thank you guys for listening and hope you all have a fantastic week. Cheerio. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Mwah.